Hello, everyone. This is Zach. This is Patrick. And this is Pipecast. Where we pipe up about pipes and pipe down for what? Um, we're going to do a little breakdown of what we think that this podcast is going to be. Not everything is going to be very formulaic to other podcasts that you might listen to. We want to have some topics that are going to be specifically about tobacco, uh, specifically about type pipes. We want to have uh, conversations about pipe shops that we've been to, eventually even going to a pipe shop, maybe uh, blending in-house or different types of blends you can get in pipe shops, which is something I don't really hear too much about. Everyone knows about Esoteric or Samuel Gawith or GOPs, but you know what you don't hear about is uh, really the house blends. I know Boswell has some pretty mm-hmm. uh, great house blends, but you don't really hear about house blends in your local pipe shop. And I'd like to eventually start going where we visit some of the places and kind of uh, talk about some of their blends. But outside of just tobacco talk, uh, Patrick and I, we've, uh, we work together. We've been friends for a while now. Um, and we have a tendency just to kind of run rabbits all over the place. We can talk about anything from something that is on the cultural zeitgeist at the moment to um, philosophy to whatever we find uh, fancy in at the moment. So I think that's a pretty good idea. We'll try to stay on target in some time, some episodes, and some episodes I think we're just going to go wherever we want to go. Yeah. It can always be uh, sort of to the listener's discretion. You know, we want to hear feedback. So at some point um, in our little uh, episode descriptions, we'll have the emails if you want to email us, telling us your opinions on it. Do you like it when we run, run around chasing the rabbits, or do you like it when it's more straight and narrow? No. Because of the subjective nature of... Uh, tasting pipe tobacco um i think some of the times when we discuss what we're smoking because we're always going to smoke basically to the bottom of the bowl and that's going to kind of be about the the length at which you're going to enjoy this uh pipe cast uh so you know you should light up right with us as soon as you turn it on and i bet when you get to the bottom of a bowl you're going to be pretty much winding down on this pipe cast so we kind of have it organized to complete at least one bowl of pipe tobacco i like to smoke consecutive bowls but that's an addiction (laughs) and every now and again there may be a bonus where we hit two bowls in an episode that's right just for y'all's benefit but the rule of thumb is is that you can sit down and calmly listen to something maybe uh, once a month, maybe twice a month, and kind of get an idea of where things are at in the pipe community and uh, and just kind of where we're at and what we see and uh, you know our kind of ideas of everything. But like I said, because of the nature of uh, taste and personal preference, we're going to give a, a kind of a mini breakdown at the beginning of the tobacco that we're smoking, how we're smoking it, or and what it is being smoked in, and uh, just a, a small commentary to kind of break the ice, I think, every episode. As I said, other episodes are going to go into more specific things about tobacco, maybe more specific things about pipe tobacco, potentially even something specific about cigars. But I think a, a safe bet is to, to do an overview of the pipe tobacco that we're smoking and not go so heavily in detail mm-hmm. just to kind of give you a, a not necessarily a star rating maybe one day we'll be ready for that but more of a thumbs up thumbs down if you can acquire it like uh then go ahead and and get yeah. it yeah because so. there's, there's so many good content creators out there right now that are giving reviews on, on probably a lot of what we'll be smoking so you know 
definitely support them. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of channels, plenty to choose from, and uh, you know, a lot more people who have a lot better things to say about tobacco than Patrick and I. Um, I'm a 13-year smoker of a pipe. Uh, picked up a pipe when I was about 19, um, and pretty much have been smoking on and off ever since. Uh, I think any pipe smoker who's been smoking as long as I have, or longer, probably can attest to the fact that you... With pipe smoking, you can put it down. Uh, I've put this down for years and then come back to it uh, where I'll just grab a pipe here or there. Like, you know, oh, you know, it'd be nice to, to have a corn cob that I I didn't have to care for as much. Or uh, wouldn't it be great to have a Meerschaum pipe that I can smoke in consecutively, you know, without having to worry about, you know, burning it out like a briar pipe. So, you know, there's that kind of back and forth that everyone has with... Um, with uh, pipe smoking that is uh, pretty nice. So um, I think with that in mind, you know, Patrick will have a kind of a different perspective on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just a beginner. I'll definitely bring about a little bit more questions that hopefully some of our listeners will have. So to kick things off, uh, today's episode is probably going to be a little bit more rambly than uh, other episodes, as I mentioned. We'll have more specific topics of conversation. We got the old pipe dog in here, Milo, who's roaming around with us. Yep. And we're just going to kind of take it easy on this rainy, kind of nasty day. Uh, yeah. Little wind chime in the background, just kind of talk a little, pipe a little. So Talk a little, pipe a lot. Pipe a lot. <laughs> so I've got a uh, one of my favorite aromatic blends, uh, Grouse Moor by Samuel Galworth, which is kind of a lemon zestiness, uh, rose water flavoring. It's one of those famous Lakeland tobaccos and I love so much. And I'm smoking it in uh, my Meerschaum pipe that I got for Christmas. I tell you, the, uh, the Meerschaum really does tame this tobacco down quite extensively. Like um, anytime you have something harsh or smokes wet, um, just throw it in a Meerschaum pipe if you've got one and see, what, see how that tames it down. I know that um, I probably would never smoke uh, something like Full Virginia Flake outside of a Meerschaum pipe uh, just because of its ability to really get on top of you and kind of overtake you. And I am smoking some Squadron Leader from Samuel Gawith. We're, we're rocking the Samuel Gawith today. Uh, and I'm smoking it in my very first pipe, first briar pipe, uh, a Peterson Killarney shape 221. It is a uh, bent billiard. A little stubby little fella. It's almost, it could almost be a nose warmer. Could be. Almost. Might be just a, just a hair long for it. What's weird is, I'm smoking it, and I'm smelling your grass more. <laughs> it's like, it's sort of combining with it. Grass more is a punch it. Oh boy. It's got a really... big rim nose. It gets on top of you pretty good. And uh, the smell is just, uh, it's nice. I don't think it's something that, it's like, I feel like if someone is not familiar with the pipe community or aromatics or maybe even just anything outside of cigarettes and cigars and they were to smell grouse more, they'd be like, that is very pleasant considering you're smoking. I think if you're a little bit more uh familiar a little bit more studied on tobacco you might not be as inclined so if your husband who smokes or a wife who smokes and your husband or your spouse uh, comes in and smells grouse more already used to you 
smoking. They might not like it as much as, say, a full cream or vanilla or caramel flavored tobacco. But um, out in public, people who aren't familiar with pipe tobacco seem to enjoy it. They usually say it's got kind of a incense floral yeah, note to it. Very floral, very um, herby, almost. You know, herb. Almost like an herbal tea kind of smell. Mm-hmm. You know, some lemongrass. My girlfriend makes um, this dish uh, that has lemongrass in it and has a similar kind of smell around the house that that's doing. I think there's something to do like that kind of bergamot, lemongrass, oriental, Indian <clears throat> flavoring that is that sort of you know, has found its way into English blends. And it should, because England, you know, they, they're they a huge part of in spice trading and just mm. in general trade. I mean, so, like, you would have figured those influences would find their way into the tobacco and embed themselves in it. I mean, even Latakia and Oriental tobaccos, literally in the name Oriental, have a sort of incense smoky aroma mm-hmm. that is just so nice with... Uh, to blend with a more of a harsher Virginia and a kind of a peppery perique. Of course, you're a vapor fan. It's what it seems. I seem to be a vapor, uh, vapor and burly. That's what I seem to be caring for these days. My um, my go tos currently are haunted bookshop and um, and um, well, I like Stratford. I don't know if it's a go to yet, but I like it. Stratford's good. I think I still prefer Fillmore. If we're talking about within GOP's line and specifically a, a vapor, I think Fillmore has a... It tastes more like plums to me. Oh. And I enjoy that more. I need to get some then because I haven't had Fillmore. Stratford... I only have two GOPs and I haven't even cracked into one of them. And that's Gaslight. Now, Gaslight's a plug, I mm. believe. Yeah, it's two. It's like two one ounce plugs. Yeah, I got that one, and I got a, I got another. I guess it's a crumb. You know how plum pudding comes as a crumble cake, but it sort of looks like it's been sliced into threes, right? Fours, right? Uh, I have uh, Cornell and Dill's Five O'clock Shadow, which I haven't tried yet, and it's but it's like the full brownie, you know, like it. It's not sliced, so I I guess it's a plug, but I think they say it's a crumble cake too, but it. It's like gaslight, but just not cut in half. Huh. That's why I had to get bigger cannon jars just for it. I believe it, gaslight is a fairly strong sort of uh, after-dinner style. Yeah, I think so. English. It's it's stout, just 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 the tin notes. I know plum pudding has that kind of aspect to it, where it's sort of the fruitcake of tobacco since everything is in it, and then you just, it's so overwhelming. I like, you know, it's interesting because I think that um, there's something about American blended tobaccos, pipe tobaccos specifically, um, because I'm, I'm, I am, you know, I think everyone and their mother loves Esoterica. Uh, you can tell because it's never stopped. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Arango Cigar distributed Esoterica Tobacchiana by J.F. Germain and Sons. Um, they are specifically blended, I think, for the American market. Uh, I don't believe you can get esoterica blends in the United Kingdom. But um, those blends 
I mean, I, I, I would assume that with the equipment and the way maybe they're processing it, it could have something to do with it. I think maybe the way it has been cased or topped may have a way of kind of marrying the flavor in a more uniform way when you're blending. But I, there is something to the tobacco. I know that you and I just smoked in soda bed recently. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably do more of that later. But uh, it, it's not quite like any tobacco you've ever had. Yeah. And that, it's a, there's a smoothness. And a characteristic of that smoothness that just, it does uniformly find the whole bowl. When I find it with American blends, especially ones with the way they sort of haphazardly blend or maybe haphazardly cut uh or like have a ribbon cut or something like that the interesting thing about the american this isn't a knock the inconsistency in the way it is cut or something or topped maybe the bowl for american blend tobaccos absolutely is not the same throughout you know all of a sudden you've got this wave of smokiness and this sort of grassy virginia creaminess and then those get pushed aside and you have the incense like oriental. Uh, but because they clump in such different ways, like the aspects of the entire bowl are so different throughout. Now I'm wondering if like the way in which other tobaccos, maybe British tobaccos, or I don't really notice it quite as much outside of the English blended tobaccos. Uh, but I will say this, like Scandinavian tobacco company, uh, has a pretty good job of keeping a uniform bowl throughout. Cornell and Deal, as long as their blends have sort of a high proofing, like 50% Latakia plus plus, like then it seems to be more uniform. Uh, GLPs to me is all over the board. Like I'll smoke his stuff and I don't know why, but it just, and granted it's, it's blended by Cornell and Deal, yeah. but like a true Cornell and Deal, like haunted bookshop, on a bookshop has, you don't 100% know if you're getting into the Burley side, the Virginia side, or where you're going to be at the end of the bowl because it just feels so wildly inconsistent. Now, that could be just me. Maybe I'm smoking too hard. I mean, I usually try to take my time. I'm sort of a, I love tobacco no matter what. Um, and it's not a complaint. It just seems so strange that like, uh, the, the it's as if the tobaccos haven't really married or fused up that you can actually i can distinctively tell the difference between one or the other i wonder if it has anything to do with how long they sit before they are sent out because i'm wondering like com- just comparing the tens between a, a cornell and deal and a GLP and a seattle pipe club compare the the tens the what they're packaged in to to your Samuel Galwith, your Peterson, you know, your Esoterica. Like, I wonder if those tins allow it to sit longer on the shelf, like in the warehouses or where they were packaged. Or bailed or pressed or whatever, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if they're allowed to sit and sort of, because I've heard that's what happens on aged tobaccos, the different tobaccos meld together and get in sort of get, what you say earlier, marry themselves together with age. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. Because that is one thing, even though as much as I like the way Cornell and Dill tend theirs, I think they're uh, they're pretty cool looking. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I've broken two 
the little, the little part that you use to, to crack them open. Mm-hmm. I've, I've broken two or three open up <laughs> Cornell and Deal, but I, I do like them. But just from looking at them, you can't tell me that that tin will keep something as fresh as a Samuel Gawas tin mm-hmm. or a Peterson tin, you know, the standard like gold circle. Yeah, vacuum sealed across the board and and just, you know, in like a wax paper underneath. I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe that that vacuum sealing and, I, you know, someone's going to probably say like, well, C and D are vacuum sealed as well. And I'm sure they are. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure there's yeah. something to that. But like. Again, the material of the tan it comes in. Right. I just, uh, it just seems thinner. like, because I can, I don't hear a, uh, a kind of a vacuum no, suction don't. when you open up a Cornell and deal or anything like I mean it, I could be wrong it could be there it could just be hidden in the cracking mm-hmm. but I mean again it, it's like thin like aluminum or thin mm-hmm. you know that's what the material feels like uh, as far as the tin and the top I mean if you open a any type of European you know circular tin or square tin mm-hmm. you're going to hear that like kind of satisfying like you yeah. know, I mean, it sounds like you're opening up, you know, a, a soda of it, some sort, and, and you just have that sound that comes out. And, and that, that's how I know yeah. that I, I just, you know, when I hear that, I just, I'm more confident in what has been blended for me because I feel like that whatever, however long it was under vacuum seal, that those tobaccos are slowly starting to melt a little bit more and a little bit more. That 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 may be what it is. If because I'm trying to think, is there any American blender that's that produce that gets that uh distributes them in that more traditional style tin like i said seattle pipe club it's just like a bigger version of what cornell and dillon uses mm-hmm. um and of course cornell and dillon glps come from the same i think the standard tobacco company who distributes bingle slices and hearth and home yep. which i think is like oh by pipes and Com- pipes and cigar okay don't quote me on that i think the standard tobacco company and the Pennsylvania Tobacco Company, which owns pipes and cigars, are two different companies. So, but whoever distributes Hearth and Home blends, which would be the Russoulette blended um, tobaccos that sort of mimic or mirror, yeah, Old Balkan Sobrani blends, and uh, I think he actually blended the Standard Tobacco Company's Bingle slices, but he had made uh, another blend for Hearth and Home. Yes, uh, but it's in that it's in that marquee series. Uh, if you guys are wanting to get a hold of them, so if we uh, got one of those, we could see if the American because it's American, right? You said so. If we got one of those cracked open, compared, that could be the we could have figured it out mm-hmm. that it's it's just the the what it's in, what it's distributed. If not, in. then it's just whatever's being put on it on the tobacco. And, uh, and too, I mean, I've jarred every tobacco. Um, that I bought, I just went ahead and jarred it, let it sit there for a while. Maybe it'll start, you know, maybe, and most all I have is American blended stuff. The only thing I don't have that's in, is bagel slices, did you say it's in American? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's an American and it's it's in that tin too. So, see, I have bagel slices and I have a couple Petersons. But I think everything else I have is um, Cornell and Dill and GLPs. And so I can, you know, we can test that theory in a year or two. Yeah. We still got some of it and, because you know? I'm probably going to keep a good rotation of haunted bookshops. That's just guaranteed. I think everyone has that one thing. Yeah. 
You know, I I'm fearful that I the the tobaccos that I personally like to smoke regularly are the ones that are going to be hard to find, which means I'm going to have to expand my palate. Now, don't get me wrong, Quiet Night by GLPs and Chelsea Morning are amazing. Mm-hmm. They are also in threat of being created post two thousand seven. Chelsea Morning is. Yeah, both of them. Are. So I think Quiet Night and Chelsea Morning are both. Uh, going to have to go through that FDA shenanigans. Because I, I heard you talk about Chelsea Morning, okay, and you kept talking about it, and then, uh, then I had it, and I was like, oh my goodness. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chelsea Morning is a great all-day smoke. And because it has such a, I think, Oriental Ford uh, base, uh, I personally love that about it, where uh, you, know, you just really, I don't know, I, I think I just like that kind of Open incense aroma. Can't explain it, but that's what I that's what I taste. I wonder if Star of the East is going to be because I like Star of the East pretty well. I know we that'll be a topic for a different a different day, but I wonder if it'll talk about the comparisons a bit in Commonwealth. Yeah, but I wonder if I wonder if Star of the East will be subject to the FDA stuff. Could be. Pretty much, I'm I'm afraid of anything. Even though I know Cornell has been around a long time. Anything Cornell deal, I just go ahead and I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if it's going to stay. But, uh, well, that's it. We well, hope you enjoyed it and come back for more. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening in, and we'll talk to you next time on Pipecast.